before I get into the show, um, I want to send my condolences to a friend of mine who tragically lost his life um, over the holiday weekend in a car crash. Um, we take life for granted sometimes, especially when we're young, because we feel that we have all the time in the world to do everything that we could possibly think of doing when in reality we don't really know when our last day is and we miss out on so much but from the short time that I know this guy um he was full of life full of energy um he loved cars which makes this tragedy even more crazy that a car crash takes him out um I ran into this I ran into um I ran into him uh last year um at the African festival and uh it was it was weird because everywhere I went I kept running into this guy and I'm like he like man it must must be destined to be cool cuz we keep running into each other <laughs> and I'm it, it it was crazy because everywhere I went that day I ran into him and I'm just like, bro, this is, this is wild. And, um, we chopped it up for a little bit, you know, but with my hectic schedule and everything like that, you know, you don't really get to hang around people and things like that. And, um, I made a post one day about my dad giving him, um, giving him his proper props on father's day. He messaged me and I'm, I'm guessing he knew my dad somehow, some way. Um, never really got to get into the gist of how he knew him, but, you know, I just found that to be crazy that we run into each other and then we find out somehow, some way that, um, he knew my father and, um, I ran into him maybe like a month ago and, you know, we was just talking and the last thing I told him, I'm like, man, be safe, man. And he like always. So to get the news last night that, um, he passed away. It's kind of, kind of gut wrenching, um, kind of unfortunate. Makes you it makes you really put things in perspective and make you really appreciate the things in life, and not only appreciate the things in life, but you know just to be careful about things you do, things that you say to people, or whatever, because you just never know. You never know when you when your last day is here. You never know when it's your time, and I'm pretty sure he didn't go and he didn't get into that car, knowing that this would be his time. But you know, God had God had other plans for him. So um, tomorrow, man, rest in peace. Prayers to you, prayers to your mom, your sisters, the the family, friends, whoever has been affected by this. Because even though I hadn't, I haven't known you for a long time, I've known you long enough to know that this has affected me in some way, and I I won't go at least this show without at least giving my proper respects to you, my brother. May you rest peacefully. God got you. No more, no more struggle, no more pain, no more worry. You are, you are officially an angel now. Much respect to the family, man.
Now let's get into the episode. Got him, Coach. Episode number four. Add some fire to your sneaker collection. This is the Heat of the Week. Hey, man. Y'all stop playing this week. Them air up tempos are still sitting on the shelves waiting for the, waiting for somebody to purchase them. I don't know what's going on. Red, white, and black is an iconic sneaker colorway. I don't care what kind of shoes you're going with unless they just butt ugly. So, go pick them up. Stop playing with yourself. <clears throat> but um, this week... I got two pair for you. My personal opinion. This is why it's my show. My heat of the week. So. My cops for this week. Will most definitely have to be the phone posit copper boys. And the air penny four boys. Must cops this week man. Go get them. And go get anything else that I mentioned in previous episodes. But please, please make sure y'all go pick up some air up tempos, man. One of them, one of them underrated shoes that Nike come came out with that nobody pays attention to. Alright, I'm done. Let's get into the show, baby. Gyatum Couch episode number four. We in the building. Let's go. You're listening to Gotham Coach, the show that brings sneakerheads and ball players together. Now, here's your host with over 200 pairs of sneakers, Tyrone Smith. Yo, 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 yo. I'm in the building. You already know how I get down, man. Episode number four is here in the building right now. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Got Em Coach. You already know how I do it, man. I'm coming to which to y'all today with some of that fire that h e a t heat 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 yeah <laughs> oh what is wrong with me today today is a beautiful day man beautiful day to say nothing the least you already know how it is. You already know how it go. I am your host, Tyrone Smith, aka Mr. Sneaker Bandit, aka Mr. Hustle Bandit, aka Daytona 360, alive and in the flesh. I'm in the building, man. So look, I did something crazy over the week, man. I cut my beard off. <laughs> I cut it off. I chopped it off. And I said bye bye to it. It it it's gone. And now every time I look in the mirror, I have such total regret because I look like a child. <laughs> and I never realized how big my head was until I actually cut my beard off. Now I just got this big dumb head with no facial hair other than like my goatee. So now I can't go to the barber for at least six weeks now because I have to start growing my beard back. <laughs> it was so. I, I woke up that day. I'm like, you know what, fam? I'm just about to try something different. I'm, 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 I'm gonna chop it all off. And I, I think even my barber was surprised when I said I was chopping it all off. I'm like, cut it all off. He like, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to get ready for the summer. He like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody trying to get ready for the summer. I'm like, then when I looked, I'm like, oh, 
Ooh, got that baby face. But then when I really got home and looked at myself, I'm like, bro, man, I got a big dome head. I can't, I can't be going with the uh with the baby face no more. And I'm getting older, so you know, once you get older, your your, your facial features start to change a little bit. You're not as you're not as cute as you once was. So you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta have additions to your face. You gotta add a little additions like a beard or some dreads or something crazy. So I look completely weird right now. I actually look like I'm about twenty like 21 right now and it, it, it just it bothers me a little bit it bothers me because i like the beard but i didn't like the way it was growing it it grew weird so i figured initially i figured i'm gonna just keep it off for a couple months well i have to keep it off for a couple months because i don't really know how my, my facial hair grows back quick but i don't think it grows back to the point where i can say oh yeah i got a beard again so i'm gonna be out of commission for at least a couple months but um it, it it was a it was a good thought in hindsight, but uh, I shouldn't I shouldn't executed it. I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> Anywho, man, um, not, nothing light, nothing nothing heavy today. Uh, as y'all know, the end of the NBA season has dawned upon us, and we are about to begin the second season, which is the playoffs. Playoffs? Don't playoffs. Playoffs? You kidding me? <laughs> but yeah, um, we are we are into the second season, the the best season of the basketball season, which is playoffs. Nobody nobody really pays attention to the regular season. The regular season is boring. You get eighty two games. Fifty of those games are probably gonna suck because most of the teams suck, and depending on what what which night you catch them all, it, it, the basketball can be really really bad. But um. We like I said, we're in the we're into the second season, which means that the NBA awards will be coming out. And hey, I think I got a little knowledge of basketball, so y'all get to hear my picks for every single award. I mean, every single award. I'm just not gonna be the newbie and just say, "Oh, this is who I think will win MVP," and this is I'm gonna I'm giving I'm giving you every award. Every single flipping award, from MB, MVP to rookie of the year. Hey, look, I, I I got it all covered, brother. I even did the all NBA teams, rookies, defensive, all all that. I did all that, all that. Why? Because I have no life outside of my podcasting and my and my inner modeling for the apparel, which will be coming out May 9th, Just in case you, just in case you forgot. Um. I have no life. I really have no life. So th- these are things that I do. These are things that I do on a regular. Oh, and before I forget, happy Easter to everybody out there. Resurrection Sunday is upon us. Well, will be upon us, depending on when this episode comes out. I think it's coming out Sunday. That's the plan. So happy Easter. Bunny, bunny, gobble, gobble. Oh, no, that's a turkey. Sorry, my bad. But um, hey man, I'm not gonna waste no more more. Blah, blah. I'm tripping. I ain't gonna waste no time, man. Let's get straight into the episode. Got him, coach. Episode number four, brother. Let's get it. Sit back and relax. Time to have some knowledge dropped on you. 
so look before we actually get into the actual um awards from this year i feel like it's important as a season and review episode of the nba i feel that it's important to talk about everything that has transpired this year because there has been a lot of different things that's happened um that i feel needs to be talked about now one thing i'm not going to talk about is obviously uh russell westbrook's amazing streak of triple doubles we already know that's impressive we already know that um he's the all-time leader in triple doubles in a season we also know that he is the second player in nba history to average a triple double so since we know all these things and the amazing accomplishments that he has had this year i feel that it's not really important for me as a show to really dive into it more i just know that it's very very impressive what he did um you you can't take that away from him um so you probably won't hear nothing about russell russell until probably the end of the show so uh let's get into these uh storylines of the year and to me it's been a couple different storylines i'm gonna start with team a team that really really impressed me this year um and there's been a lot of different ones uh the milwaukee bucks impressed me this year i didn't have them as a playoff contender this year um I didn't know if the Giannis uh, point guard situation was going to work out. Um, Chris Middleton getting hurt in the in the beginning of the year kind of worried me a little bit. Um, you didn't necessarily know what they were going to do with Greg Monroe. And they signed Matthew Dellavedova to a big contract, but you really didn't know what you were going to get from him as a um, potential starter on this team. And then you, you you had a couple of different trades. You click on Michael Beasley. You get Tony Snell. So the the roster itself, um, it really didn't impress me compared to when you look at when you look at the beginning of of this season. The season, you see how you look at how teams are stacked up. And Milwaukee didn't look like a team that was really stacked up to being a legitimate contender. Now I like what they had in Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton. But after that, I really, really wasn't impressed with the team. Um, I felt Greg Monroe was underutilized a little bit. He's a, a good low post uh, threat down there. Um, he struggled with Detroit mainly because it was it was too many guys who played in the paint when he was there. When you think about uh, what they had with Josh Josh Smith, um, Andre, and uh, Greg Monroe, so. I was I was like I said I was I was really concerned about that team. So to, for them to make the playoffs and not only make the playoffs, they they're they're making some noise. They beat Toronto um the first game of the playoffs to take home court advantage. Um it's very impressive. Giannis has really really impressed me as a um as a star in this league. I, I don't think you can really you can you can't take that away from him. He's really earned his keep in this league and you have to give more so credit to Jason Kidd because when he came to the Bucks, it, it like it was a lot of questions. Um, he left Brooklyn on bad terms. Um, it, it was questions of if, if this is really something that he should be doing going forward. But Jason Kidd has really stepped in and became the coach um, that I think he knew that he could be 
I think with Brooklyn, it was a it was a matter of he wanted to be able to not only coach the team, be able, but be able to pick the players that he had to coach. And Brooklyn necessarily didn't want to abide to his terms, so he went to Milwaukee. And um, um, I'm guessing he has some kind of freedom over who and wh- what players he gets. Um, so for for Milwaukee to be a six seed in the playoffs is, is quite impressive. So they're they're a team that that really impressed me this year. Um, another team that impressed me this year was the Miami Heat. Miami was a projected lottery team. They were a team who a lot of people did not see doing anything, nothing whatsoever. You signed Hassan Whiteside to a to a max contract. But you didn't necessarily know what kind of Hassan Whiteside you was going to get after signing that contract. Because mainly, when cats get max contracts, they're, they kind of take the foot off the gas pedal and they just kind of coast through the rest of their career. Need any perfect examples? As Andrew Bynum, as Roy Hibbert. So, when he got the max contract, a lot of people, it, it was a smart signing for them nonetheless. But you had to. You was wondering what kind of Hassan Whiteside were you gonna get? Were you gonna get the same who was Was you gonna get the same Whiteside who was leading the league in blocks, and who was one of the top five rebounders, or was you gonna get a watered down uh, eight point eight rebound one block type of season from him? But he really stepped in. He didn't lead the league in blocks, but uh, he led the league in rebounds, which is quite impressive. Eric Spoelstra as a coach, just like Jason Kidd, he did a an amazing job taking the talent that he had or lack thereof in terms of talent and really getting these guys to buy into his system and to play hard. That, I think that's the only thing you can really say about Miami. They play hard. Their offense really came around, started to come around once the season progressed. Uh, Goran Dragic, very capable uh, second-tier point guard. It's not a disrespect to him, you know. It's thirty teams, so if you look at the five best play, the five best point guards, you get your tier ones, your tier twos, your tier threes. I think he's a tier. I think he's a tier two point guard. Um, Dion Waiters, resurging year. A lot of people was labeling him as a bust. He was He came in. He he had a lot to prove. He was on the last year of his deal, and he proved that he can he can get buckets and he proved that he can be that guy and i know he had a great feeling beating the cavaliers um just because that was the team that drafted him and gave up on him so you you got to wonder what they're going to do with him this summer is he a is he a player that you would put a lot of money into or was his or was this this like you know contract year you try to play your best when you in the contract year, so you can get that contract, and like I said, you coast. You're not really trying to progress. You're just trying to get that 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 first big deal. Um, what else? And then you got to consider they didn't have Chris Bosh, and you don't know if they're ever going to have Chris Bosh. There's been so many different speculations about his health, um, whether he will retire. He feels he can play again. Um, so the fact that they're doing this without Chris Bosh, now just imagine and. Just imagine if he was to, if he was medically cleared to play ball. When you think about all what what Miami was able to do with that team, the the best thing about 
playing young players are is that you get the you give them the experience that they need. So when they come into the next year, depending on how you finish this year, when they come into the next year, they're all they're already ready. They already know what to expect. They already know what to do. And it gives them a lot of confidence going forward, which helps deepen your team and deepen your rotation of players that you play to where you can be that elite team in the in the um, East or you can be that elite team in the NBA. So the fact that they were able to play all these different players, Josh Richardson, um, um, can't think of the uh, can't think of the other guy's name, um, but he was signed by Brooklyn. Um, they matched the offer sheet. Nick Johnson. Okay. Um, so when you got all these young players who's playing and who who's who's out there doing what they need to do, Wayne Ellington had a had a resurgent year with Miami. So like I'm I was I was very impressed with what Miami was able to do. Now they're going to come into this offseason with some interesting questions. Um, I've been hearing speculations that Gordon Hayward is looking into going to Miami. I think that'd be a dope move for Miami if they're able to pluck him away from Utah. Um, a guy who can get buckets. A guy who you can lean on to be your number one option. I think that'd be a good move for Miami. I think they should really, 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 really consider that. Um, but shout out to Eric Spoelstra. Like I said, he he led this team who was expected to be a lottery team to a 500 team. You you can't take that away from him. I'll get, I'll get into him a little a little later in the show. So we got the Bucks, we got the Heat. But um, I think my surprise team by far is the Houston Rockets. Um, it was a lot of different questions. I don't know why the question of can James Harden be the, 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 the primary playmaker for this team was a question, mainly because he was the primary playmaker before Mike D'Antoni got to the team. He, he had the ball the majority of the time. He was the one who had the ball at crunch time. So he was the one who was deciding, you know, when when it was time for him to take over, when it was time for him to get other players involved, things of that nature. Now, the question for me was going to be, um, you you lose Dwight Howard in free agency. So how do you replace uh, that potential double-double and that potential defensive presence in the middle? Well, they didn't so much replace it. Uh, we we I think that's very obvious. Uh, Houston scores, <laughs> and, and they don't play a lot of defense. Mm, not a lot at all. So I I think we we knew that defense wasn't going to be a calling card for this team, especially with the uh, acquisitions that they had made over the summer. When you bring in Ryan Anderson, who was a notorious bad defender, and Eric Gordon, who was a bad defender. With James Harden, who's a bad defender. But, I mean, you had Trevor Ariza, who's a legitimate perimeter defender. But this team, we knew they were going to score. But we didn't know if that was going to translate into into wins for this team. Um, I don't understand why. I don't know why we didn't think that it would translate into wins for this team. Because Houston does what the NBA is really about nowadays. You get players, you 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 spread the floor out, you jack up threes all day, every day, you put up 30, 40, 50 threes in a game, and, and you try to outscore teams. It's not a lot of grinded out defensive teams out there anymore. You know, you look at Utah, Utah still kind of plays that 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 grit, that grimy ball. Memphis has, Memphis has always played that grit and grimy ball. And then you think of San Antonio. 
Um, so overall, uh, I'm very impressed with what Houston did. I'm very impressed with what James Harden did. Me personally, I think that he should get a lot of consideration for MVP. I think it should be a co-MVP, to be honest with you, because you can't take any you can't take away what James Harden has done as a as a player this year. He's averaged twenty he has twenty two triple doubles. Now Russell Westbrook didn't go on this crazy streak of triple doubles, then James Harden by far will be the MVP of this of this league. But what James Harden has been able to do is quite impressive. The man averages 29 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. The first player in NBA history to average 2,000 points and 2,000 assists in the same year. Impressive, right? He's Ryan Anderson has had a, a resurgence of a career. Eric Gordon has refound himself as a player. Clint Capella, Clint Capella is a legitimate contributor to the Houston Rockets. And I think this is all because of James Harden. I think more so, I don't think it's more so because they gave him the ball. Because, like I said, he's he's had the ball since he got to Houston. I think it was his willingness to accept the role of kind of being that point guard. And you see, and, and I, I had a lot of flack for James Harden. I thought he was selfish. I thought he was a ball hog, this, that, and the third. But now that I think about it, I think he he – he goes, he plays off of how his coaches want him to play. I think if they want him to kind of be the guy who takes all the shots, that's what he's going to do. Because it's hard for a guy who who puts up buckets to now immediately just go ahead and average, to average all the assists that he does. He averaged 11 assists. So for him to, to take that dramatic turn to being this really, really good playmaker, this Steve Nash-esque type playmaker, is something of amazing, amazing feat. And he's really made different players better um, over the course of this year. And, that I mean, if you want to put the argument in for MVP, you have to ask who makes their players better. I think James Harden makes his players a lot better than what Russell Westbrook makes his players. Um and I think it's 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 in the stats. You look you look at all the players in Houston, you look you look at that team. You look at that team. They're not a team. Like I said, I, I didn't think they were gonna make the playoffs. And if they were in contention, I thought they were gonna be a eighth seed at best. So you and you look at the players that they had, Ryan Anderson, who all who's always injured, Eric Gordon, who's always injured. Um, Trevor Ruiz are very consistent. Nene, who is kind of in and out with his injuries. You didn't know what you were going to get from Clint Capella. You had Patrick Beverly out for the first half of the year. And even with Patrick Beverly in the lineup, he's not really a guy that a a team is going to say, hey, let's focus all our defensive energy on Patrick Beverly. Now, he's a very good defensive player. He'll he'll irk you. He'll get on your nerves. He'll irritate you. He'll, he'll, He'll get you out your game. But... He ain't scoring. <laughs> and you need like you need scores out there, man. If it's if it's four scores against five scores, who you think gonna win the game? The, the, the team with the with the most scores on the floor. Facts. So Houston was very very impressive. I was very very impressed with what they did this year. Amazing job from Houston. And I'm I'm really I think they'll be a dark horse in the playoffs because they can score. And if you can score and if you can stop a team enough, 
to where they're not scoring. And if you can turn the ball over enough to where you're getting extra possessions, extra fast break opportunities, I think Houston can um I think Houston can challenge. Now, can they stop them? That's 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 gonna be the only question because you can't really go into a barn burner just shooting and you know trading bucket for bucket because at the end of the day somebody gonna miss a shot somebody gonna turn the ball over and when that happens then we see you know can they really buckle down knuckle up and uh make things happen to where you know they can get some stops to you know be a uh contributing factor going forward in the playoffs so my best surprises to my worst surprises being a Detroit native, this really hurts to say this, but the Pistons really, really disappointed me this year. I had them contending for home court advantage, not necessarily being like a top three seed. I had them in that maybe in that four seed. Um, they they have a lot of they have a lot of good talent, a lot of solid talent. I'll put it. I don't think you know Andre Zerman, He's a he's a young potential star in this league. I think Reggie Jackson is a um. A tier a tier two point guard i think that um he 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 got hurt uh the beginning of the year and you know i don't think he was able to really fully recover from that injury and i think he lost confidence because the team lost confidence in him and there's a lot of a lot of rumbling oh ish smith was you know the team Jails better and the team was playing better when Ish Smith was uh the starting point guard. But um in all actuality, when Reggie Jackson came back, the Pistons was eleven and ten. So it wasn't like they were really tearing up the league like that. I mean they were still they were they were barely above five hundred and they were still they were still trying to find themselves. So I look at the talent on this team. They have the talent to be a a factor in the East. When you think of Reggie Jackson, who I mentioned, and Andre Drummond, you got Marcus Morris, who's a consistent presence on that team. Um, I I consider the the vocal leader of the team. I mean, if you want to consider on that, I mean, I don't know. He but he is the vocal the vocal leader of the team. Um, Tobias, Tobias Harris, who's a very consistent player. Like it's like like they have a lot of consistent players. Now, with Stan Van Gundy's offense, I don't like their shooting because I feel with his with his off with his offense that pick and roll, um, one in four out kind of spread them out offense. I don't think he has the the players equipped for it because with 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 Orlando he he had Dwight Howard. And as as horrible as a offensive post player as Dwight Howard is, he commanded enough to where he can get buckets down in the paint. And then you was able to spread them out with Jameer Nelson, um, Hedo Turkoglu, Ryan Anderson, J.J. Reddick. You was able to spread them out to where you could kick it out and you knew that you had a three-point shooter out there to shoot. Now, with Andre Drummond and his not develop post moves yet and then you're kicking it out to kcp who is the probably the best shooter on the pistons but he's very inconsistent and you have marcus morris who's a consistent three-point inconsistent three-point shooter and you have tobias harris who's an inconsistent three-point shooter and reggie jackson who's an inconsistent three-point shooter like the pistons need shooting that's that's they just need shooting now i don't know if it if it's something that they will want to address maybe in their starting lineup you know find somebody who can who can put up buckets who can put up buckets from the three but um they need shooting 
They 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 really need shooting. And then and then going forward, they need to decide what they want to do with KCP. Um, he is he has the potential of being one of the best two way players in the NBA, but his his consistency bothers me. KCP is a guy who, for three games, will put up twenty five, twenty seven, and thirty five, and then for four games he'll put up ten, nine, seven, three, and 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 two. So his inconsistency bothers me. He'll shoot. 13 for 17 one game and then he'll shoot two for 12 the next game so if he can find that consistency the i think the pistons would be all right i think he'll be all right but you have to you have to decide is he a max is he a max player he's a restricted free agent which gives the pistons a lot of leverage you get the you get the player around with the market and see what he's uh what he's going to hit for I think he I think he'll draw a max contract offer from a team. I think the Pistons will match it. I think you have to keep that core group together. I don't think you can necessarily give up on this core group because you didn't really have your starting your starting point guard in the in the realm for so for for the majority of the season. And you don't really know if he was fully recovered from that injury yet. So I'll give Reggie Jackson the benefit of the doubt. I I love his I love his swagger. He has a lot of swagger when he plays. Looney a little bit, but he has a lot of swagger when he plays. He feels that he's the best. That's why he wanted to leave OKC. He wanted to get from under Westbrook's um shadow, and he wanted to be able to run his own team. So I think he he has the potential to being a a top a top guard in this league. I just think that he has to take this offseason to really make sure that his body is right, his mind is right because I think he lost a lot of confidence when the team kind of called him out. Um he has to get his mind right. He has to he has to get his body right and I think if he's able to get those things right, I think the Pistons will be back in a position where they'll be contending for a not only a playoff spot but a top seed, maybe top 4 spot in the Eastern Conference. So the Pistons uh, Minnesota was a very disappointing team for me when you look at their team on paper that they have a lot of young talent that is oozing oozing with grip foot with potential and greatness when you think about it, you got Chris Dunn you got Zach Levine you got Gorgie Jane Carl Anthony Towns Andrew Wiggins um it's if you want to throw Ricky Rubio in there you can I I, I don't want to throw Ricky Rubio in there he stays he's always hurt which which is which is a big red flag for any team because you you have to know that Ricky Rubio is probably going to be on the trader block this year so with that being said I think he's going to be um um it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him but um they 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 underachieved you have Tom Thibodeau, who's probably one of the best defensive minds, but he's a no-nonsense coach. And a lot of people say, well, his style of coaching, maybe that had an effect on the Timberwolves. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't think I can really vouch for that because before Tom Thibodeau, they have Sam Mitchell, who's a no-nonsense type of a coach who, who will get into you if he feels he needs to. So I don't think the style of coaching was necessarily the thing. I think it, they're, they're just young. 
And when you're young, it don't matter what kind of coach you have, what kind of assistants you have, whatever, what kind of uniforms you have. None of that matters. When you are young, you're going to lose games. And that's just the fact of the matter. Think about this. Their point, the point guard position is probably the most coveted position in the NBA. If you don't have a point guard in this league, you're not, you're not going to do a lot of different things. That's why you see teams like Houston and Milwaukee putting the ball in their best, their best playmakers hands because they ain't really got no point guard to really handle the load. So you put it in your best playmaker hands and let him make the decisions for the team um, during the course of, of games. But when you have a often injured Ricky Rubio and you have a you have a, a, a young draft pick in Chris Dunn who is expected to come in and take the starting point guard role and who had, let's just say, he had a rough rookie year defensively he was he was on par but his ability to lead that team was something that he wasn't able to do and he's young so you got to give him you have to give him the benefit of the doubt and you know he's going to come back he's going to work on his game this summer he's going to go in the summer league he's going to work on his game some more he's going to come back and he's going to be ready to potentially take over the point guard role for minnesota but when you look at that, and then you look at the fact Zach Levine ended up getting hurt um, during the during the middle of the year, um, he tore his uh is ACL I believe he tore ACL MCL one of the CLs <laughs> he tore, and um you know that 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 took a lot of uh took a lot of momentum from from the team. Andrew Wiggins did what he was supposed to do. He he's gonna he's gonna be a problem. He's going to be a problem for, for, for the league for a lot of years. Him and Carl Anthony Towns are going to be a problem. Gorgie J really developed his game. More of a defensive player when he was in college. He's really developed to, into a guy who, who can shoot the mid-range and who's a very good free throw shooter for a man of his size. Um, I, I like their team. You know, I like Shabazz Muhammad coming off the bench. I, I think they have a deep bench. Um, it's just a matter of... This team finding that continuity together, and I think because of the fact that they're so young, they're going to stay together for a long period of time, and they're going to be able to grow together, and Tom Thibodeau is going to be able to knowledge, take his wisdom, take his his ability to coach players up, and he's going to be able to get this team into a, um, a good position to being a, a legit dynasty in the, in the NBA for, for years to come. Let me tell you how overrated Minnesota was, though. And when the, when two K seventeen first came out, they was ranked eighth overall. Think about that; they were eighth overall when when two K first came out. The very first copy before you went into all the, the 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 player dynamics, ratings going up, going down, trades, everything with the with the roster that they had, they were the eighth overall team. Crazy, right? So, Detroit, Minnesota. Um, let me see another another team who really disappointed. Ugh, I think this one is obvious. The Knicks. When you look at their team on paper, now Minnesota had a a a, a heatful youth movement. New York had a heatful veteran movement. Think about this. You have Derrick Rose. You sign Courtney Lee. You have Carmelo Anthony. You have Joe Kim Noah, and you have Christoph Porzingod. Porzingis. They call him Porzingod. I think that's kind of clever. But um, that starting five alone is, to me, was a fifth seed. 
it was a fifth seed. It was, it was better than the Wizards. It was better than the Hawks. It was better than the Pacers, and it was better than the Bulls. They were a fifth seed, personally. For starting starting the year off, they were a, they were a fifth seed. They was gonna maybe contend with the Pistons for a fourth seed, in my mind. And then you have you you sign Brandon Jennings now. This to the team overall, they didn't have a bench, which I think kind of cost them because it, it it required for their 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 starters to play heavy minutes and um the team just is just underachieved phil jackson he's underachieving as a president of basketball operations for the knicks um carmelo anthony is kind of getting to that point where he's not the um he's not the go-to player for the team no more he's 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 more he's probably better suited off as being maybe a, the second option he's probably better off suited being the um the robin to somebody's to somebody's batman on the team derrick rose just got hurt but he was having a i wouldn't say a resurgent year but he was having a very very good year um and he ended up getting hurt another another knee problem so you have to wonder what they're gonna do with derrick rose um this free agency period because He's, I think he's going to be a very sought-after player. Well, I don't know if he's going to be sought-after anymore because he got hurt. So uh, I don't think a lot of teams are going to really want to take that investment. And then you have to think about it. He's going to, he's probably going to want max money. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams out there who can, who can give them, give him max money. And a lot of teams have point guards already. So you have to really think about teams who don't have point guards who would need a point guard. Hmm. Could he go to Philly? Probably not because you're gonna because Philly they're gonna give the ball to Ben Simmons this year. Ben Simmons is gonna be their point guard, and I can't see Derrick Rose kind of playing off of Ben Simmons. Um, what team can you really see him going to besides staying in New York? I don't think Chicago is not gonna be a, another option for him. Um, they traded him, so I don't think they want him back. <laughs> but um. The Knicks they they disappointed me. Their their whole their whole from everywhere from the ownership down has just been a, a utter disappointment. Um the situation between Dolan and Oakley was just a bad look. Um bad look on Dolan. He trying to he accused Barkley I mean Barkley. He accused Oakley of being this uh this heavy drinker and everything like that when he himself at one point was a heavy drinker so it's like being hypocritical trying to call somebody out about their drinking when you know you did it yourself and you know just calling out fans you know telling them to be brooklyn fans if they got a problem with the way he's running the knicks and the, the, the they're just bad they're just bad like they just need to they just need to start over just start over, build your team, build your team through a uh, Przingis, and just start over because what you have now is not it's not gonna get you where you need to be because you got a lot of teams are getting younger, and that's the thing that's the key for this league. You have to get younger. You can't get older, and that's what the Knicks did. They got older, and it's not gonna it's not gonna do well for them. So I think that I think a change is really really needed for this team going forward. Um, man, it's, it's, it's been, I wouldn't say that this year has been a, uh, like a, like it's just a amazing, crazy year. I think the DeMarcus Cousins trade was a good trade for both sides, believe it or not. And here's why I say it's a good trade for both sides, because Sacramento gets a first round pick this year. 
I don't think a lot of people really contending that New Orleans was going to be a legitimate um, contender all of a sudden that they had DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis in a very good but very injured Drew Holiday. And then you had, that's it. That's that's all you had. You didn't have no wings. You didn't have none of that. So I don't think a lot of people contended that they were going to be this good team um, going forward. Now. What this does for Sacramento, it basically puts them in a position where they now have they have some they have some choices. Now it's really up to Vladdy Divox. Vladdy Divox has really proven himself to be a sucky, <laughs> sucky, sucky bigger pick, a sucky, sucky person when it comes to picking players. Now I I don't know what they're gonna do this year. I I feel, but I feel like Sacramento's in in the right direction. They still have a log jam at big man, just like Philly has a log jam at big man. So I think they need to they need to get rid of some of the big men. Maybe acquire some assets, whether it be picks or whatever the case may be. Maybe it be some draft and stash players that's overseas. But they need to really think about acquiring some some assets for the big men that they do have because they have a conglomerate of them. Buddy Hield, I think is gonna he's I think he's gonna be all right. I think he's gonna be all right. Um, I wear it somewhere with a lot of box compared to Steph. I don't know if it's going to be to that extent, but I think Buddy Hill will be a, a very good second option for a team. They need they need a superstar. Rudy Gay is going to come off because coming off his off of his contract this year, so you have to decide what you're going to do with Rudy Gay. Um, the point guard position with Ty Lawson and um, and Darren Collison that's another position that you really need to need to hone in on. Maybe that'd be a good spot for Derrick Rose. Maybe he goes down there to Sacramento, but. Uh, it's such a mess down there. I don't think I don't think that'd be a good spot for him personally. Um, but I think I think what Sacramento did by trading the Marcus Cousins, I think it was a good move for them. I think it it, it really establishes the fact that they they're they're trying to do this the right way. So you 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 get assets for them. You were able to get a Buddy Hill. You was able to get a Tyreek Evans. You was able to get a first round pick. So you was able to get you was able to get assets for them that you know who could potentially contribute to your team going forward uh, i think it was a good move for them now for new orleans it's a great move you you got the twin towers again you got anthony davis and you got demarcus cousins kentucky kentucky alums together but you have to really you have you gotta you gotta surround them with shooters now they don't have shooters they need shooters they need shooters because the game plan is probably going to be double demarcus double anthony make other make other players on their team beat us so if you if you don't have no shooters who can go out there and who can make teams play honest then this is not gonna work it's not gonna work and you 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 need a a blueprint look at san antonio look what they was able to do they got they had avery johnson sean elliott uh steven jackson they were able to put shooters around those two great big men and they had success you look at the championship numbers they had success they was able to to do it well um let's see what else what else needs to be talked about i don't i think that's i think that covers it like i said to me the nba the, the season wasn't really nothing of Oh my God, that 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 that's amazing! Like, let's talk about it. Um, 
I guess the the LeBron Barkley that that was another thing that we that could be discussed. Um, I think LeBron went a little overboard personally. I think he took it way hey too personal uh, when Barkley kind of called him out about uh, accusing him of not wanting to compete. In hindsight, I I kind of see what Barkley is saying because it's like. Um, when LeBron was there, he wanted Kevin Love. They get Kevin Love. They want him to resign Tristan Thompson, even though it would put them way over the luxury tax. They resigned Tristan Thompson. He wanted um, he wanted J.R. Smith. He wanted a Ma Shepard back. They gave him a Ma Shepard and they gave him J.R. Smith back. He wanted he wanted uh Mike Dunleavy at one time. They got Mike Dunleavy. They was able to get Kyle Korver off of Mike Dunleavy. It's like now it's like oh we need a playmaker. We need another playmaker. Now you get Larry Sanders. No, not Larry Sanders. You had Larry Sanders and you cut him. Um, but you get Darren Williams. So it's like every time LeBron wants something, the team always accommodates for it, even though it'll maybe potentially put the owner in a bad spot with having to pay extra money luxury tax for for what he's what what lebron wants to accommodate him for so it's like why do you you know i kind of i kind of see what you're saying like you know you want all the good players like you don't want to you don't want to compete you want all the good players so I, in hindsight i kind of see what he wants. everything that he wants he gets to an extent and it's like you know quit begging for stuff man and i think kenny said it's like you know we can't have sympathy for you if you have, if you got a Porsche and a and and all these other different cars, and you say, "Hey, I need a, a a regular everyday car," it's like, bro, you got like five, six different cars. If you don't make one of them cars your everyday car, and and get out of my face talking about what you need, you got everything. So I, I kind of understand it from that point, and then I kind of understand it from LeBron's point. LeBron has kind of he always takes the the high road when it comes when people come out to kind of criticize him. So. To see him kind of lash out like he did, it was kind of surprising because it's like, you know, that's not really in LeBron's character. He kind of lets his play do do the talking for him. So to see him kind of kind of lash out towards Barkley was like, mm, that's that's surprising. But he took it too personal. We're talking about per- Barkley's personal life and the things that he's done in his past. Like LeBron is just this perfect saint who didn't do anything in his past. Um, Hummer, Hummer, H2 Hummer. But um, <laughs> it, 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 look, it, it's not fair. And one of the things that I always learned in life, always learned that if if what if somebody always got something to say about you, and you know for a fact that it ain't true, don't even give them the the time and the energy to 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 reply to it. Because if you know it's not true, it don't matter what anybody else say. As long as you know it's not true, it's not worth replying to. It's not worth responding to. The minute you respond to it and the minute that you kind of get into this kind of this defensive mode about what somebody says about you, then what they're saying about you can be true. Like if somebody come up to you and say, oh, I think uh, I, I, I don't think you uh you I don't think you are that. I don't, I don't like the way you dress. You wear fake clothes. You wear fake shoes. It's like, oh, OK. I mean, I mean, I don't. But I mean, I mean, you entitled to your opinion. Like. But it, it, you going to man? I don't wear fake clothes. You know how much my this polo cost? This polo was two hundred dollars. These shoes cost four hundred dollars. Like if you getting into the oh this what this cost, this what that cost. Oh man, you ain't even got polo on. That ain't that ain't even the right polo, man. If you when you the minute you do all that, then it's like oh yeah, it must be true because you're you're way too defensive about this. Like if it ain't if it ain't true. Don't say nothing. Like oh well, that's what he said. I mean I, I mean I don't know. I don't agree. 
um, you know, I feel this is what we need, and you know, that's that's just that. You know, I'm not trying to. I, I mean, I'm I'm always willing to compete. You know, I, I have championships to prove that I'm willing to compete. I have MVPs to say I'm willing to compete. So I think my competing should never be questioned. But, um, you know, I just feel we need help. We need help going forward. You know, got to take the load off me, Kyrie, K-Love. We got to take we got to take that load off, you know, because the playoff time we, we need we need our bodies preserved for that playoff run. Now, if he would have said that. Then okay, then it's like all right. Well, Barkley looked like the fool trying to call LeBron out, but now it's like LeBron, you look like the fool because you 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 responded to him. You you responded to him and you responded to him negatively, which would makes to me makes Barkley's um claims true. And that's just me. I, I like I, I I that's why I can never. That's why I can all I always take negative. Uh, tension or negative comments with a grain of salt because whatever people say about me i know it's not true so i'm not going to go back and forth with you about something that i know is not true i mean i'm gonna I'm say what i need to say and you you gonna say what you need to say and i'm gonna say hey that's that's not true but i mean you entitled to think whatever you want to about me and, and that's that i'm not gonna go into the oh well at least this then the third and i would never blah 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 and this this and that i mean when the minute you do all that and you start attacking somebody's personal life and their character and things like that i think that's just i think that's a bad move and it it, it, it really makes you look guilty of what they're accusing you of facts um let me see what else Golden State, Golden State really 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 proved that so they only lost six more games than what they did last year Kevin Durant is a defensive ace now. Never thought we'd be saying that. Draymond Green, my, my favorite player in the NBA, man. I don't know why he reminds me so. He reminds me so much of Ben Wallace without the... Because Ben Wallace was just kind of quiet and stoked and just kind of... He just kind of did his job. But Draymond is kind of like the loud... He's like the louder version of Big Ben. And it's, it's great. Like... If, if big if, if big ben had a like a like a expressive personality to himself i think this is i think he would be draymond green facts <laughs> but um yeah man that's that's my end of the season um review uh like i said i didn't want to get too much into russell westbrook because we already know what he did it was impressive so there really no reason to really dive into that a little more but i think this season it was it wasn't Something that oh oh all these amazing things happen. I think it kind of went as scheduled with with the deception of those different things that the things that I've um, stated in this uh, episode. But I think in terms of you know just amazing surprises and things of that nature, I don't think it was too many of that, man. But um, this is my season in review. Um, got him, coach. Episode number four, man. Let's uh pause for show identification you're listening to got em coach the show that brings sneakerheads and ball players together all right before we get into the end of the show man i told you that i had my picks for individual awards this year man so um let's get right into it i'm gonna start with coach of the year man it's a lot of deserving candidates uh, you got Quinn Snyder, Billy Donovan, Jason Kidd, Eric Spoelstra, Scotty Brooks, but I'm gonna give the award to Mike D'Antoni. He has Houston with the third best record this year. Uh, most improved player. Look at Demar Derozan. He really stepped up his game. Harrison Barnes has really become the number one option in Dallas. Gordon Hayward has really developed himself as a main option on a basketball team. 
Nikola Jokic has really stepped in. He's really becoming one of the best big men, big passing big men in the NBA. But most improved player of the year, I'm going to have to go with the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. Defensive player of the year. Uh, we got Hassan Whiteside who should get consideration. You got Anthony Davis, the Claw Kawhi Leonard, the Gobernator, Ruby Go Rudy Gobert, who has who has become the rim protector for Houston. He has Houston as one of the best defensive teams in the league. But uh this reward is gonna have to go to Draymond. Sixth man in the year, this award will be in Houston, and it's gonna go to Eric Gordon, even though Lou Williams will probably get a lot of votes as um as the sixth man of the year. Rookie of the year. I'm not trusting the process. He only played in 31 games. Even though the 31 games were extremely impressive, I have to give it to a player who played in more games. So I'm gonna have to go with Michael Brogdon of the Bucks with Dario, with Dario Saric being second in consideration. And last, but definitely not least, MVP. You got Kawhi Leonard who should get consideration. LeBron is gonna get some consideration. Steph, Kevin Durant is gonna get some consideration. Personally, I think it should be co-MVP. I think Russell Westbrook and James Harden should get it. But if I had to pick one, give me Russell Westbrook. He averaged a triple-double this year. You can't take that away from the man. He deserves this award. And that has been my individual awards for the year. Next week, I'm going to get into the all-NBA teams. All-NBA, all-defensive, all-rookie teams. This has been your host, Tyrone Smith. This has been episode number four of... Got him, coach. And I will see you guys next week. And I'm out of here. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at GEC325. And check out our website at www.gec325.com. Tune in next week for another episode of Got Him, Coach.